I'm Emily. And I'm Sarah. And this is Sisters Take a Side on Ani Dewani. Um, okay, the the bird living in your apartment right now is killing my recording vibe. I don't think it's on my side. I think it's on yours. Because I can not. hear it in my headphones. No birds live here. Okay. Tell that All to right. bird posters behind you. I oh I do. <laughs> okay. First of all, they're not posters. Oh, okay. Sorry. They're do you make it sound like I'm a creep? <laughs> people like oh, birds. Posters. People put people put birds on there. No, it's not a bird poster. It's anyways, we don't have to get into we don't have time right now. But okay. it is very relevant that you are saying that to me because Sarah, people can see us right now. Yeah. Yeah, so people can see us. They can see our beautiful faces. Hi. Hi. This is part of our, like, summer reboot. So I guess we should first say, like, welcome back, guys. We missed you. Um, We missed you so much. We're recording this in the future slash the past slash I don't really know how this works. But basically, we took a couple weeks off of posting content um, because we're tired and we needed to catch up. So... In our little summer break time period, we're recording a ton of episodes. We are going to try some new things with social media. We have some ideas about bringing guests on. So we're just revamping a little. We are. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think it's about time. I think it's about time that we get it together. And get our mommy makeover on. Yeah. And we've like a full transparency here. Like we've both been so busy. Like. With life, like you Indeed. just, like we said on the last app, like you just started a new like big girl job. Yes. I did not, but. <laughs> but. And like May was just like a super busy month for everyone, I think. So um, yeah, I think we're really looking forward to a little bit of a break, um, just getting ourselves yes. in gear, getting ready. And here we are. Are you already forgetting people can see you? I see you like picking your wedgie. No, I'm not, it's not my wedgie. <laughs> I have like a new bra on and it's like bunching. Okay, you're on camera. Yeah, I did totally forgot people could see me. <laughs> hey. <laughs> um Okay. This is gonna be very distracting. Okay. It's Our... it's very hard to have this like recording, but all right. Yeah. I love you. Okay. Well, we'll see. Maybe this will be the last time we do this. Okay. Yes. Um, <laughs> um, what? So what are we talking about today? Okay. So today, I am so excited. We are talking about the murder of Ani Dewani. Ooh. Okay. Um, okay. I tell me what you know. Okay. Okay. I mean, so don't I... give it all away, but tell me what a little bit of what you know. Well... <laughs> I know there's a documentary on it. <laughs> yes. Have you um, seen the documentary? I haven't seen it. I've just heard about it. Okay. So Great. that's, that's, yeah, that's really okay. kind of my extent. Well, so we're going to get into it. I am giving you like a pre war Well, okay. Um, I almost just said spoiler alert, but trigger warning um, okay. for mentions of sexual assault and murder. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, and um, at the end, there will be a brief mention of suicide as well. Um, So if that is a sensitive topic, please take care. Um, And since I feel like I want to say this in episodes where we mentioned suicide, if you or a loved one needs help and is struggling, the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline is available. Um, You can dial 988. So let's go ahead and get started. You ready? I'm ready. Let's do this. Okay. So at 11.30 p.m. on November 13th, 2010, Shireen Dewani knocked on a stranger's front door on the outskirts of Cape Town, South Africa. Excuse me, he said. Is there a police station nearby where I can report a carjacking? The third... Don't laugh. Do not laugh at Shireen. I'm not. I'm just, that's, this that's, man has been trauma. Oh, you are you laughing at my... You, you like my little script here? Your script's um, fantastic. I'm just laughing at, like, the idea of someone knocking on my door and being like, hi, um, I don't know if this is anything, but, like, is there a police <laughs> station nearby? Because I need to report a carjacking. I think I would be like, I'm sorry, come again. Except if you were the one doing the knocking, you'd be like, I'm so sorry to bother you. I'm so sorry oh my God, that I'm I am so, just so inconveniencing you with my life. But, like, <laughs> there might have been a little car... No problem. It's just a little carjacking. It's just a, little- it's just a carjacking. It's totally fine. No worries. And if like, you can't help, it's totally fine. I'll just lay here and die. It's totally <laughs> fine. I will just walk the 1,600 miles to the nearest one. It's no problem. <laughs> okay. So, so the, the, the 30-year-old businessman was from, is from Bristol, England, and he's clearly distraught, right? When the police finally arrive, he shared a harrowing tale. Two men carrying guns had carjacked the taxi he was in, pushing him and the driver out of the vehicle and leaving the scene with his wife of three weeks, Ani Dewani, terrified and screaming in the backseat. Woof. Wow. So who are these people? So I want you to pull up the old Goog machine um, while I'm telling you this, and I want you to Google Ani Dewani. So... Ani was a 28-year-old from Sweden. Um, She is of Indian descent. And when I tell you she is the most beautiful person I've ever seen in my entire life, she is the most beautiful human I've ever seen. Are you looking at a picture of her? Yeah, and I'm who I'm assuming is her husband. Yes. Tell me what you see. (laughs) She actually looks a lot like someone I know. Like, bears a striking resemblance to someone I know. Who? I'll bleep it. One of my coworkers. Okay. All right. Is it, but beautiful, right? Yeah. Oh. 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 Stop yeah, it. She's, yes. She's she's very pretty. Yes. Okay. Well, Sarah's jealous. Okay. So I'm not jealous. Ani is 28 years old. She moved to London in her early 20s um, with the intent of finding an Indian husband. Like she was just like, I I'm doing this. Like. Fuck Sweden. Okay. I'm out of here. I know. I'm like, good for you, girl. So she That's like is, the sole reason? Yeah. She because according to this article that I read and I linked it in the show notes, she um like London, she knew like London was where it was at, right? Like London obviously has like a very vibrant Indian community. She was living in Sweden at the time. She was like, I am not gonna oh, find my right, guy right, here. Right. Like, I'm out of here. That's fair. Okay. Okay. So she's looking for love, and by all accounts, she finds it with our guy Shireen. Um, Shireen was two years her senior and was an extremely successful accountant, I guess, which like, okay. 
Um, he worked for Deloitte. And according to the Atavist magazine article I read, he was a millionaire before he was 30. Which What? Like, same girl. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, so, and I thought this was kind of interesting. Shireen was actually engaged before he met Ani. And he had, quote unquote, abruptly called off their engagement before they got married. So just like put that in the back of your mind. Okay. Mm-hmm. So okay. within 18 months of dating, Shireen took Ani to an airfield outside of Bristol where a private plane was waiting to fly them to Paris. <laughs> excuse, excuse me. That night at the hotel, um, a waiter at the restaurant presented her with a silver platter on which laid a $40,000 diamond engagement ring. Oh my God. Right? So That's bougie. Yeah. So they basically are following like the Emily and Tom timeline of events here. They meet. <laughs> two days later, they're engaged. Like a month later, they're married. Okay. Right. Don't so, forget. Don't forget moving to a third floor apartment and having all of your family and friends come help you carry couches and all of your lifely possessions up three flights of steps. And your cat. Don't forget the cat. <laughs> that had to move out two weeks later because Emily was extremely allergic. Allergic to sweet Petra. <laughs> Hi, Petra. Um. The cat's fine, guys, for the record, before some of you write in and be like, what happened to the cat? The cat's oh, fine. Yeah. Um, great. So they, of course, have a lavish wedding in Mumbai. Like, just like a multiple day affair. One of the photos you probably saw of her was yeah. of her in her wedding attire. I mean, she's so beautiful. She is. So pretty. happy. Yeah. So they their wedding is followed by a two-week honeymoon in Cape Town, South Africa. Um, and again, I just have this in here cause like sister, sister, but Annie's, Annie's sister remembers Annie telling her that Shireen was keeping their honeymoon destination a surprise. And you know how I feel about surprise trips. You're not a fan. I'm not a fan. You, you take someone on a surprise trip to murder them. Yeah. Why like keep it a surprise? Like, that's what I'm he, saying. Like, uh, yeah, that's weird. Right? Like, what kind of underwear yeah. do I need to pack? What kind of shoes do I need to bring? Don't keep that a surprise. <laughs> no. Okay, yeah. I I don't think underwear was, like, originally where I would, like, first go with that, but 100%. Yeah. Okay. Never mind. We don't have time. Okay. I have 10 pages of notes. We don't have time for this. We don't have time um, for this. <laughs> okay. So the couple arrives in Cape Town on November 12th, and at the airport, they meet a taxi driver named Zola Tongo. So Tongo is a 31-year-old former insurance consultant and building inspector. Tongo? um, Tongo, who had recently taken a full-time job as a limousine driver for a Cape Town tour company. Okay. (laughs) But he had a big family he was trying to support. He had a wife. He had five kids. He was supporting his mother, his sister, all these people. And so he started freelancing with a company minivan (laughs) in his off hours, which is how he ended up at the airport that night, right? So he's like bootlegging as a taxi driver. I mean, okay. Okay. So So, like Tongo – uber except it's tongo in the minivan except it's tongo (laughs) yes i need tongo and the the gardener from the uh chiron case i need them to like start their own podcast (laughs) 
<laughs> what was the guy's name? What remember, was we were his like, name? I know. I don't remember. Oh, God. I need them to start a podcast together. Well, stay tuned because Tongo – Is busy. Tongo not a good little, guy? Little Tongo's a little busy these days to be starting a podcast. Okay. I'll just put it that way. Oh, no. Okay. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about like Cape Town specifically now. Um, I know y'all aren't as worldly as I am. So maybe you <laughs> maybe you haven't been to Cape Town before. Um but so <laughs> um again this is a quote from the Atavist um magazine article quote for all its allure as a tourist destination Cape Town was still one of the most the world's most violent cities with an unflagging epidemic of murder, rape, carjacking, assault and home invasion end quote. You know where I would really want to go on my honeymoon? Okay, which, like, yes, but, like, also Cape Town also has an extremely, like, ritzy tourist area, right? Like, I think, like, a lot of places, right? You have, like, the, like, and that's why I want to talk about this. You have, like, the tourist area that is, like, very nice, very glamorous. You and I could not afford to buy a paper straw there, like, that kind of area. But, like, on the outskirts of that, you, you just have a ton of poverty and crime and not great stuff, right? Hmm. So, I guess that's, like, anywhere, though. Yeah, I mean, that's what I mean. Like, most big tourist des- – like, again, I feel like people say that about Hawaii, right? Like, mm. you can go – there's, like, really nice parts of Hawaii, but then there's, like, very poor – like, not – anyways. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's fair. You're looking at me like, please move it along. I do you, no, 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 no. Sarah, I, do you have I'm a listening. do you have a hair appointment today? Is this afternoon? I'm sorry. I just – I zoned out. I don't know where I just went, but I'm back. Sarah's brain sizzled. Okay. My brain sizzled. Sorry. So Ani and Shireen were staying at like a very ritzy resort. Again, it was, I read one source said it was $500 a night resort, like very nice place. Um, so Tonka drops them off there from the airport. And for whatever reason, they really took a liking to Tongo. I keep calling him Tonga. His name's Tongo. Sorry. They, so they like oh. our guy Tongo. I know. Sorry. And so they arranged for him to pick them up the next day for dinner like and i i just like pause on this because like have you ever liked a taxi driver this much that you're like oh my god please i need you to be the one that come pick me up tomorrow i think it's weird but i also wonder if like i wonder if it's like a cultural thing like if you're in a place where you don't really know and so like you find a taxi driver you really like and you're like and you feel comfortable with him and yeah yeah but i mean mean, still like when was this? Like, was this in the time of, like... This is 2010, so this is, like, pre-Uber. Yeah. I mean, I just imagine, like... I don't know. I don't know, like, if I would take a taxi and be like, hey, man, like, let me get your number. Right. I'll call you for... I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it feels weird, but I also wonder if that's just, like... Because well, like, according to Shireen, this is what they did. Okay. <laughs> right? Okay. So, Okay. So the next day, they had a dinner reservation, again, at a very nice swanky place at 7.30 p.m. But on their way there, they decided that they didn't want to go there. They just, like, weren't feeling that vibe. And they asked Tongo to take them somewhere else. And Tongo, our guy, was like, sure, no problem. I know of this, like, great sushi restaurant. So they're like, okay, sure, take us there. So around 9.15 p.m., Tongo starts taking them to an area known as the Strand, which is about 30 minutes outside of Cape Town. So again, like, they are leaving their ritzy, safe, 
resort to go mm-hmm. 30 miles outside the tourist area to like driving through really sketchy neighborhoods like just like i don't know to go to like some bumfuck sushi restaurant right mm-hmm. so after dinner shireen according to shireen um they were going to go back for a drink at the hotel that they were staying at but quote and Ani grew up in Sweden, and she felt like the area around the hotel was just like home, so clean and safe, a bit sterile. She wanted to see the real Africa, end quote. So, mm. again, according to Shireen, his, again, for, by all accounts, his, like, bougie, rich wife was like, no, mm-hmm. no, I want to go to, like, the outskirts of Cape Town and see the real Africa, like, Okay. Yeah, I, again, like, hashtag never been married, hashtag never been on a honeymoon, but, like, when I hear the word honeymoon, I imagine, like, literally just lounging, like, in front of a pool or a beach. Yeah. In minimal clothing. Like, I am not going to, like, the murdery a salty home invasion part of the place I'm staying in. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, no. I don't know. Maybe that again, like maybe, you know, my ignorance is showing, but like, that's just, I don't really understand that. I can't relate to that. Right. So according, again, according to Shireen around 10 45 PM that night. So they're driving for over an hour and a half. Like that's what a really the long time. Hell. So at 10.45 p.m., they pull into a gas station, and suddenly two armed men open the driver's side door and force our guy Tongo out of the car. The two men then drive around for 45 minutes before kicking Shireen out of the car and then driving off again with Ani in the back seat. So according to Shireen, they, quote, put a gun to my ear and pulled back the trigger. It was really the stuff of movies, end quote. That's this feels this. like a lot. <laughs> this feels yeah. like a very fantastical story. <laughs> so me. little story time here. I was when I was researching this case, I've been researching this case for a couple weeks now. And Tom and I actually had to go into DC for like a work event last week, right? And as we were driving, I was like telling him this story. And I said to him, and like again, like <laughs> this is like suburbia in me. I was, like, saying to him, because we were driving through kind of, like, a rougher part of D.C., I'm like, hey, lock your doors. Like, I don't want someone to carjack us. And, like, it got us in the conversation of, like, what would you do if you were carjacked and, like, your spouse was in the car? Mm-hmm. And, and again, like, it's always, like, it's so easy to sit here and say what you would do. But, like, I was right. telling Tom this story of, like, how Shireen, like, you know, got out of the car and left Ani there. And even Tom was like, there's just no situation in the world where I would – leave you in a car where he was like, I would, they would kill me before like I let that happen. Right. And again, like it's easy to say that when you're safe and sound, but I do think it's weird that he was like, yeah, sure. No problem. And like jumped out of the car without her. Yeah. I mean, again, like, like you said, like we can't, it's easy to say that now if someone had a quote gun in my ear and pulled back the trigger. First of all, just the mechanics of that don't make sense. But let's say for argument's sake that that actually happened. Like. Yeah. Like pulling back I don't know. the would trigger. That, would do, I be do like, you think, okay. Do you think he means like cocking the gun? Oh, well, I'm wondering if he means like, you know, that thing that they That's do. what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. 
Because if, you, if they pulled back the guns. trigger, the only thing to do would be to release it, and that would fire the gun. So, like, now I'm Annie Oakley. But I'm just saying, like, how that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I So, I don't well, know. this is Shireen's story, okay? So, it's oh, now 1130 at this point, and this is when, you know, cut back to the beginning of our story. Shireen is knocking on doors, trying to get help. The police finally come, and they're like, well, shit. <laughs> because this yeah literally because like this beautiful rich tourist has been kidnapped in their city right and they're like well fuck man this ain't good but they're also kind of like dubious right like right off the bat they're like something isn't quite right so i did some like digging into this and like why they might think that so most carjackings especially like in this area like, the point is to rob the people. The point is not to kidnap and kill someone, right? Like, yeah. it's unusual that a carjacker would make off with someone else in the car. Like, normally what would happen is they'd show up at your car, they'd hold you at gunpoint, they'd say, like, give me your money, get the fuck out of the car, and they would, like, leave you on the side of the road, right? hmm So, that's kind of the first point. The other point is that, like, they're starting to question, like, why would the Dewanis ride from the airport with rando ass Tongo rather than a car service from their fancy ass hotel. It's not like they were trying to save money or anything. Right. So like that's, they're like, that's weird. And like, why? And it's like, we were saying like, why the fuck were they venturing out into one of Cape town's most dangerous areas after dark? Like, why are you doing that? Right. So like the police are already just kind of like this, just like feels weird. So now, I agree so with them. yeah. So like the following morning, it just sucks. The police receive a call from a resident in a neighborhood in. Oh boy, how do I say that word? Go ahead, Sarah. Take it. Kailicha. <laughs> Kailicha. It's absolutely not how you pronounce that. No. But you know, in in these kind of outskirts of Cape Town. Um, a gray Volkswagen minivan had been sitting alongside the road all night, she told them. And she reported that she noticed that blood was seeping out under the door and pooling on the asphalt. I know. I would be so, calling my HOA and being like, um, excuse, excuse me. We have a big problem. <laughs> we have a big minivan shaped problem happening <laughs> on my street. Big Literally. problem. Right. So yeah. I okay. So it's eight o'clock in the morning at this point, and the police arrive and laying across the back seat of the van is Ani's body. Uh she's soaked in blood. She'd been shot once at point blank range in the neck. Um the bullet was from a nine millimeter pistol and was lodged in the seat. And like I mentioned, her blood had just soaked all the way through the car and onto the ground. Mm. And I just hate all of this. So the crime scene did have like one pretty interesting piece of evidence. A thumbprint and fingerprint were recovered from the left fender of the minivan. So the police were like, guys, I've watched a lot of CSI. I know what I'm doing here. Hold my beer. And they were able to quickly trace the fingerprint back to 26-year-old unemployed laborer named McGenny. Is that how we're deciding we're pronouncing this? I think so. McGinney. McGinney. Okay. So McGinney had been arrested five years earlier 
on suspicion of killing a man in a bar fight. Um, The charges were dropped, but my guy's fingerprints remained in the police database. McGinney, I have questions. I have questions. Well, this explains the unemployed part. I don't imagine this guy's passing any background checks. Oh, H.R. Sarah. You're wrong. H.R. Sarah who is dealing with less background checks right now. I don't think this guy's passing. I'm just just going out on a limb. So I included this just for you. Um, so this asshole is, like, known to police. They're like, oh, fucking McGinney. All right, great. Let's go find. Like, they find him immediately at his grandmother's house, which was only a, hundred, a few hundred yards away from the crime scene, where he was laying in bed with a man and two women. So McGinney <laughs> likes to get down. McGinney. Girl. All right. That was everything. Yeah. So McGinney's like feel a little saucy, right? I mean, yeah. Okay. Well, you can know, can you imagine okay. you're one of these women and the police are like, "Hi, uh, McGinney, we found your bloody fingerprints next to dead body." You'd be like, "Oh shit, I gotta go." <laughs> Bye. Like, or like <laughs> just the fact that the police barge in, you're like, "Oh, all right. Well, that's not how I saw this day going." But um, okay. Like I can't even. So. They searched McGinney's house, or McGinney's grandma's house, I guess, and they found a cell phone. And McGinney folds like a cheap suit and immediately is like, oh, that cell phone belongs to my friend Tongo. Okay. Not good. Not good. Tongo, I take it back. I don't want a podcast from you anymore. Yeah. Tongo's a little little busy right now. That's all I'm going to say about that. So McGinney confesses to his involvement in a killing almost immediately. He's like, "Yeah, it was me." <laughs> like he's just oh like, "Oh my god!" Right. So he, but he told the police that he had an accomplice, a man named Kwabe. Okay. So do you like how confidently I said that name? You were you really went for it. I went for it. So it felt good. So they bring McGinney into the police station They're like girl wait here and then they go to try to find Kwabe so they found him two days later and he's McGinney's neighbor he's 26 years old and immediately my guy singing like a fucking goddamn canary Kwabe's like yep it was me I was there um and Tongo our friend was also there so like these three fucking pinky and the brain no dumbasses i can't even yeah. um do you hear do you hear owen screaming in the background no do you need oh to go gosh. see him no he's also like does not feel good about tongo he's not feeling great yeah. about that. okay oh, um funny. so i just have to take like this little bit of a detour because like speak, speaking of owen because i'm a parent and this whole thing just makes me sad i like read this whole all this stuff about shireen's well, no, sorry, not Shireen's dad, but Ani's dad. Mm-hmm. And so Shireen's dad calls Ani's dad to say, like, hey, like, Ani's been kidnapped. And immediately Ani's dad is like, it's fine. We'll pay these people. Like, we will pay them whatever they want. We'll get her back. No problem. Ani's dad immediately gets on a plane from Sweden to Cape Town. Um, but during his layover, he calls his wife from a payphone in the airport. And all he hears is her sobbing on the other line. Oh. And he knows um Ani's body's been found um and he still has to get on an 11 hour plane ride after hearing that news Mm, that's really heartbreaking that's so sad I just can't fucking imagine so but you know what I thought as soon as you said like 
oh, he was like, no worries, we'll just pay them. Mm-hmm. Like, how come Millionaire Shireen, that wasn't his first? Well, so, like, initially, yeah, like, they were all, and we're going to kind of get to, we're going to get to our girl Shireen here in a second. But, like, originally everybody, the police, the family, Shireen, were like, oh, these people are just going to call and, like, want ransom. Right? Mm. So... Now let's let's get back to our guy Shireen, right? Okay. So he gives his statements to the police, right? He tells that story that I read earlier. He claims he has no idea that Tongo, the taxi driver, was involved in this. Like he's like, girl, I have no idea what the fuck is going on, right? So at this point, Ani's family starts to become like a little suspicious of Shireen, right? So kind of to your point, like how was Shireen acting in all of this? According to Ani's dad, he was very distant, very cold, very removed, which like to me, I'm kind of like, well, he did just like if he's innocent, he did just go through an incredibly traumatic event. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Like his wife died on their honeymoon. Like. No, you're not. (laughs) So. And this is, I'm, I might cut this because this might be like too personal to share, but I, Tom and I actually have a family member whose um, husband died on their honeymoon, like in a, in a tragic accident. I mean, no foul play was involved, but he died on their honeymoon. And I think about her sometimes, like, like to have to be judged on how you reacted when something like that happened. I don't know. I just, yeah. you know what I mean? Uh. Yeah, but, like, I also don't really think I like this guy, so... You're not into Shireen. <laughs> I don't know if, like, my opinion on it is swayed by that. I'm sure it probably is. But, like, I mean, yeah, I think you expect... Well, and the other thing, too, right? I mean, like, it's her family. So right. I would think that, like, I would... Ex- my expectation would be that he his his actions and demeanor would be a mirror of mine, and I would be devastated. So why isn't he devastated? Like, right. I think you expect those emotions to be similar. So, and you know, not everyone processes grief in the same way. So yeah, you know, maybe he, right. maybe that wasn't possible for him. Yeah. Okay. So in addition to that, there's this kind of like weird story about the morgue. So when Ani's father arrives in Cape Town, he says to Shireen, like, you know, I want to go see my daughter. Like, I, I need to go see her. And according to Ani's dad, he has this really, Shireen has this really, like, cold response where he says, like, oh, well, they've already, like, drained all the blood out of her, so you can't go see her. Okay. Like, that's weird. That's just, like, a little much. Right. And then there's the case of kind of his inconsistencies in his story. So, you know, he told you know, one reporter at one point that it had been Ani's idea to visit this like township area. The following week, he told a different reporter that it had been Tongo's idea to go there. You know, just like a little bit of inconsistencies. Um, you know, Shireen at first said he was thrown out of the vehicle's re- rear door while the car was moving. But in a subsequent interview, he said, Quote, they couldn't get me out because the child locks were activated. So they ended up dragging me, struggling and screaming through the window, end quote. Which, if any of this had happened, how did Shireen have no visible injuries on him? Right. So I was just going to ask you, like, what are his injuries? None. Literally none. Not only that, but what I think is so interesting, and you can probably even find this video online, when Shireen shows back up at the hotel, like after this, like the police bring him back to the hotel, 
My guy is looking perfect. Not a hair out of place. His suit is looking crisp and clean. He looks like he is going in for a job interview with HR Sarah. Like, yeah, he's killing it. Right. So like, I have questions about that. So again, like Shireen is like, I had nothing to do with this. Like nothing's going on here, but we still have our three idiots, right. That are in custody. So what do they say happened? Right. Right. So according to Tongo, shortly after he had taken the Dewanis from the airport to the hotel, Shireen had taken him aside and confided that he wanted quote, a client of his taken off the scene end quote. So Tongo says, like, after we talked back and forth, I understood that, like, he wanted his wife killed, right? So he, he says Shireen was willing to pay 15,000 Rand, which is about $2,200, oh to God. carry out this murder, right? So, and again, like, if this is true, this only took 24 hours to pull together, Right. Because at noon on Saturday, Tongo met with Shireen again at the hotel, and the two men supposedly sketched an outline of the crime. Um, you know, the, the they, they settled on that they would do, like, a simulated carjacking, right? Mm-hmm. So Tongo and Shireen agreed that, you know, they would have the quote-unquote hijackers come to the car, they would pull Tongo out, and then they would pull Shireen out, and they would drive off and murder his wife. Okay. So then Tongo says on Saturday afternoon, he met with Kwabe and McGinney and they kind of discussed like the particulars of how they would do this. Um, and Tongo promised to leave their payment in the backseat of the car. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Tongo picks up Shireen and Ani and while they're at dinner at the sushi restaurant, Tongo alleges that Shireen took him aside again and is basically like, hey, dude, did you get my hitmen for me? And Tongo's like, girl, I got you. Don't worry about it. The hitmen are coming tonight. Right. So Ani and Shireen get back in the Volkswagen. They go back to Cape. They're on their way back to Cape Town. Um, and during that trip, Tongo says that he sent a text message to Shireen, reminding him not to forget about the money. Shireen texted him back, assuring him that the cash was in an envelope in the pouch behind the front seat, end quote. So what? And this is what's crazy. Police corroborated police corroborated this. There is evidence of text messages between Tongo and Shireen that night. Wow. But we don't know what the text messages said. We just know that they were sent. So. So now, you know, they pull up. The carjacking takes place. Like, yada, yada, right? Everything that Shireen had set up to this point. Um, You know, they kick Shireen out of the car and then they go off to kill Ani. Okay, so this is Tongo's story. So after he tells the story to police, a warrant is issued for Shireen's arrest, and he actually surrenders to UK police on December 7th. So this is less than a month after she was killed. This is really... So can I ask a quick question here? Yeah. So, like, this is all happening, I feel like, very quickly. And, like, I know we've covered in other cases how sometimes, like, the very slow arm of justice... In the United States, like, is this normal 
for this area? Or is this because, like, she's a tourist and it's a big deal? And question. Yeah, this is not normal. This is incredibly fast. And this kind of plays into, like, my theory later. But, yes, I I think the South African authorities had a lot of reason to wrap this up quickly. Like, a lot of reason. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I would think so, too. So, what evidence do we actually have, besides the confession of these three assholes, that this, like, actually happened, right? So, like I mentioned, the South African police did recover phone records indicating that text messages were exchanged between Tongo and Shireen while they were on the highway. Um. And the police also recovered a number of the Dewani's personal items from the suspects, including a Giorgio Armani wristwatch, a white and gold diamond bracelet, a leather purse, and a Blackberry. So to me, that's pretty concrete evidence that whether or not Shireen was involved in this, these three assholes did this. Like, for sure. Yeah. I mean, they had their stuff. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's, yeah. I think really the only argument is here is like, did he, was he involved or was he not? Was Shireen involved? Yeah. 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 So the police also recovered um, footage from the hotel lobby taken three days after the murder that showed Shireen handing Tongo a white plastic package that contained um, 1,000 rand, partial payment, the police claimed, for Tongo's role in setting up the murder. I find that to be kind of damning. What? Oh, yeah. 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 (laughs) Um, Oh, yeah. <laughs> not that good. good for me. Not great. So third, and I think this is weird, but the police claim that their most damning evidence against Shireen is that Ani did not appear to have been raped. And their thought is like, why take her? Why separate the two of them if they if the plan was just to kill her? What do you think about that? I think that's weird. Like a weird like I think it's a weird thing for them, yeah, to point out. Like, yes, I agree. I think that's yes. I think that's strange. Yeah, yeah. I think that's very odd. Okay, so but like, what's the motive here? Like, there's no life insurance policy, and by all accounts, like Shireen was the wealthy one, right? Not Ani. Like, Mm -hmm. he didn't stand to inherit money. Like, none of that. So everyone's just kind of like, well, what the fuck? What's going on here? Yeah, because they just got married too, right? It's not like they're on their honeymoon, right? Like, right? Yeah. But then, guys, enter stage left. (laughs) Leopold Lesser. Wow. Leopold was a male escort from Munich, known professionally as the German master. Yes. His website (laughs) featured a photo of him wearing leather gear and a police cap. (laughs) Wow. Um, Yeah, meow. So... He saw Shireen's photograph in the newspaper and was like, oh, shit, I know that guy. (laughs) Um, And he called police and was like, yeah, um, I have I had three paid sessions of, quote unquote, kinky sex with Shireen in the months before his wedding. So, okay, for the record, Shireen denies this and like, you know, (laughs) How credible do we find this guy? I don't know. Yeah, I think this is kind of, I mean, it seems like a distraction. Like, I don't know. It just seems like 
like he's why, maybe not very why, not very isn't. credible, right? Like this yeah. is gonna be like Yeah. Okay. Well, then how about a 53-year-old political aide in parliament who also went to the police and said that he too had several sexual encounters with Shireen? Oh my god. So, yeah. okay. Okay. Fine. I can see where this is going like if we want to yes. use this as motive. But also, it's very like Michael Peterson. It is. Yes. That's okay. Because yes. I was like, I feel like I've heard the storyline before. Like, where have I heard it? That's exactly where I've heard it. Mm-hmm. So why? And kind of to your point, like, okay, who cares? Why is this considered a motive? Well, because like at first thought, I'm like, whatever. Maybe she knew. Maybe Ani was okay with that. Like, that's, you know. But Ani's family said she would have been decidedly, like, not cool about this. Um that like if she had found this out it could have led to an explosive argument between the two of them like all of that right Mm -hmm. and you know also the thought that like this would this could ruin his reputation in the more conservative like british indian elite crowd he was running in right Mm -hmm. so that's impossible motive i leave that there uh leopold though girl call us i have some questions for you yeah Um, german master um slide in those dms let's like let us chat we want to know everything. I don't think we're his type, unfortunately. But, <laughs> no, but like, um, give us the scoop. I know. I, I have a lot of, I do have a lot of questions. A lot of questions. <laughs> so our three dumbasses are like sticking to their story. Shireen is sticking to his story that he had nothing to do with this. And he is released on bail and is allowed to like go about his life in the UK. Right. So like, that's all the police have connecting Shireen to this. Right. Mm-hmm. And this is the part where I start to think, like, this doesn't really make sense to me. So I just have, like, a couple thoughts on, like, why I, I'm i not sure I find it that plausible that Shireen was involved in this. So, yeah. number one, how plausible is it really that two strangers had arranged a murder for hire, like, just, like, upon meeting each other in an airport? Like, if I was going to hire someone to kill someone... I wouldn't just be like, oh, hey, you, you look menacing. Hi, you know, let me introduce myself to you. Will you kill someone for me? Like, yeah. Right? I don't think that's like a normal conversation you have. No. So like, I find that sketchy. And like the amount of money, like $2,200, that's nothing. Like, and I read this um, in an article, Tongo's salary at the tour company where he worked was 5,000 rand a month plus tips. And then he made another 2,000 a month freelancing, like doing his bootleg Uber. So would he really have risked all of, like everything for less than one month's worth of pay? Like that's crazy. Right. Right. Yeah. And then, like we talked about before, like killing her over being gay. I don't know. I just that doesn't. <laughs> yeah, I, don't I love don't, that. I that's, yeah. And so then, kind of like my biggest question mark, which is you kind of touched on this earlier. I think it makes life a lot easier for the South African authorities if the murder of this beautiful rich tourist was committed at the hands of her husband, as opposed to them having like a massive PR problem of like, oh shit, don't come here, people are killing people. Yeah. Right. But I mean, also to that point, wouldn't it be really easy for someone who wants to kill their wife to go to a seedy part of the world yeah, and say, oh my gosh, look at what happened in this seedy part of the world we were in. 
I did read some accounts about like some accounts. I think it was like Ani's family saying that like, well, maybe that's why he picked this location, this secret location he didn't want to tell her about. Right. Was because he could get away with this. Which I think is interesting. So Yeah. In February of 2011, Shireen attempts suicide by overdosing on sleeping pills. Um, he survives, but like it's obviously just like a fucking mess. Like this guy's a mess. So yeah. At this point, his lawyers are really arguing hard against his extradition due to his rapidly declining mental health. Like, basically being like, guys, if you send him to South Africa to go to prison, he will not make it. Like, Mm -hmm. um, and so he and his lawyers spend the next three years fighting this extradition. And what I think is interesting is that Ani's family to this day maintains, like, dude, if you're really innocent, go to South Africa and clear your name. Go and, like, stand trial and clear your name if you're really innocent. And the fact that you're refusing to do that tells us that you did this. Mm -hmm. But, like, I don't know that I would either. I don't know that I'd be like, sure, let me go to another country to face their justice system if I truly believed I didn't commit this crime. Yeah, I agree. Right? So. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Okay, so we're kind of like wrapping up here so like what ended up happening to like our three knuckleheads yeah, where did these three idiots wind up these three idiots so our guy tongo pleads guilty to murder aggravated robbery and kidnapping and agrees to testify against all other participants and in exchange he received a sentence of 18 years in prison with the possibility of parole after 12 you which okay. is not a lot of prison time for murdering Not a lot someone. Of time. No, no. Um, our guy Kwabe also take a, takes a plea plea deal, and he is sentenced to twenty five years in prison for cooperating Tongo's story. Um, and basically, he took the same the same deal. He agreed to testify against um, McGinney. Is that, I keep forgetting how we agreed to pronounce this McGinney. McGinney. Um, and so, like, our girl McGinney is the only accomplice who did not take a plea deal. He went to oh, trial. Wow. Yeah, he went to trial and was promptly found guilty of premeditated murder for hire and sentenced to life in prison without parole. Jesus. Yeah. Um, and I read somewhere he got a brain tumor in prison and I feel nothing. Yeah, okay. Well, Bye. Eventually, in 2024, a judge ruled that there was not enough evidence to try Shireen, and the charges were dropped. And he has kept an incredibly low profile ever since, like, understandably. Um, But he is now living in UK, in the UK, with his boyfriend. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. He found love in a hopeless place. No kidding. Okay, so what side... That's, that's that's all I got. That's all I got. But, like, what side are you taking on this? Um, so, I think that... Oh, see? Okay, okay. I thought, like, all the way up until the end, I thought that, the, that Shireen, like, did it. That he was a part yeah. of this. He planned it. Honestly, when you start throwing in, like the male escort of it all i'm kind of like hold on like yeah because that just feels like a really cheap way of trying to like rope in that he did it like right if he did it find him guilty because of like you found a transcript of the text messages or like 
give me like more concrete proof that he did it. So I think I agree with like the ruling that like there was not enough evidence, but I think, I think it's plausible that he could have had a hand in it. Um, Yeah. I mean, but like, I could also see where like, it's just a shady part of the world and yeah, what I can't get past though is like, what, like, Okay, so they carjacked fine, so they'd robbed fine, but like to kill her feels right. like a lot. Like I also can't find motive for those three people killing her either. Right. Right. So I guess like there's no reason for them to have done it. You know what I'm saying? Like there's no motive right. for that either. Right. So I don't know. I don't I don't love it though. Do you think he should be tried? <sighs> if, yeah, like if there was, I think, no, I mean, I agree with the judge that there was, there's not enough concrete evidence. Okay. For, yeah. Each for a trial. Yeah. Because there's way more evidence against Scott Peterson than this guy, and you didn't think he should go to trial either, so. All right. He didn't know. No. I, that's not true. Okay. He are did you go to finding, trial. Are you finding Shireen guilty beyond a reasonable doubt? No. Yeah. I'm not. What about our girl Tongo? <laughs> I mean, those three idiots, they, I mean. Do you think that they did it? Yeah, I think there's enough evidence to show that. They yeah. obviously did it, but like I want to know why. Like, what's well? Can I tell and you? See, but then I go back to like the only reason I can think of is that like they were paid to kill her, right? Right, and it's so, like, well, like who who would who would pay? Like Tongo is not killing them, paying them to kill her. Like that's right. Like it had to have been Shireen. So then, like I don't know, I don't know. Okay, well, can I run you through my theory? Yes, please. Here's what I think, and I think this kind of explains some of the questions you have. Here's what I think could have happened. I think our guy Tongo picks up the Dewanis at the airport and is like, oh, look at these rich motherfuckers, right? And he kind of mm-hmm. sizes them up to be like easy marks. They're tourists. They're clearly wealthy, right? So he goes to his buddies, the the, the other two dumbasses, and is like, hey, let's fake a carjacking and you rob them. And, like, we'll take their shit, right? And what I think happened, I I think they killed Ani by accident. I think mm. something got out of hand. I think maybe maybe what it is is that when they, you know, went to kick Shireen out of the car, for whatever reason, they weren't able to get Ani out of the car, too. And they were like, oh, shit. And they killed her. Like, I think killing her was an accident. And yeah. Tongo was like, shit, you guys are so dumb. You can't even pull off a carjacking, right? And so he incriminated Shireen in order to reduce his own sentence, right? He was like, mm-hmm. let me flip on this guy and take a plea. Because, plea. I mean, he got the least amount of time out of everyone, mm-hmm. right? And I think that because the South African police were like, oh my gosh, girl, Tongo, yes, it was definitely this tourist. It was not someone here in our cute little town. Mm-hmm. I think that that helped this along. And I kind I want to kind of end on this quote from the um, Adivist, Adivist article that I read. Mm-hmm. Um, 
which I think really sums it up, quote, but the evidence against Shireen was too circumstantial, the witnesses too compromised, and the motives too elusive to prove much, end quote. Yeah. Right? I, I, just I like, completely agree with that. Yeah. So that's what I think happened. I think Tongo arranged this with his two stupid buddies and that something went wrong. Hmm. I mean, I think, yeah, I think that's a good, I could, I could get on board with that. Ooh, she doesn't know. I don't because, because the whole time I'm like, oh, the husband for sure had something to do with it. And then, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm going down the side of, I think he's innocent. I you have to, coming. You, 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 <laughs> you have to take a side. If you can take a side about Scott Peterson, you have to take a side about this. I don't like the guy, but I don't think that there's enough here to prove that he was involved. Yeah. Yeah. I think, but I really don't like him, and I think he looks a little sketch. Not great. No. Right. Well, there you have it. I... Sisters, sisters taking a side on Tongo and Leopold. Tongo, Jesus, the Tongo of it all. The Tongo of it all. Oh my God, no, I'm sorry. I, I kept was... us here. For a hundred hours talking that about Anita That was so Wani. good. It was interesting, it. right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a hard one to think about. Yeah. Yeah. It's a tough so. one to take a side on. Great job. Thank you. Um, are you ready for our listener question of the week? Yes. Okay, so this wasn't even so much of like a question, um, but... Okay. We some of our sweet friends, our sweet fellow podcasters, reached out to us on Instagram this week because we didn't have um, an episode drop because we're on break and we forgot to tell people we're on break just to like check in and see how we were doing, which is so sweet. Um, so, Sarah, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing really great. I think. <laughs> um, I am thankful for this little break. Um, I just feel like I have like a lot happening in my brain that I need to like settle. Yeah. Um, so I think this break's gonna be really good. So yeah. Good. I'm good. Okay. I'm hanging in there. I'm a whole year older now. Older. Oh my god. Wiser. Yeah, Sarah's birthday was last week. Hey girl. Hey. You so um, old. So yeah. Okay. How are you doing, Em? I you know what? Not great. I'm not great. Um, I'm doing okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I ran a half marathon last weekend. You did. Which was great. I know. And you crushed it. Crushed it. And then some of my girlfriends and I actually just signed up to run a full marathon in November. So yay. Oh my God. You're insane. Mm-hmm. You know. So yeah, I'm good. Gucci. Yeah. Um, I think we're hanging Sarah, there. if someone wants to write in with a listener question, how would they do that? Well, they could do it one of two ways. They could either write to us on via email at sisters.take.a.side at gmail.com or they can slide into our DMs on Instagram at sisterstakeaside underscore podcast. Correct. Drop us a little note there. Um, Stay tuned on 
IG guys because Sarah might learn how to use Instagram this week. It's it's impossible. She's not going to learn how to use Instagram. For sure not. For sure not. No. But I might. Well, we'll see. We'll see if this video ever even makes it on Instagram. Doubtful. Yeah. I don't know about that. Okay. Anything else for the good of the people? I don't think so. I think that's it. Let's go enjoy this long weekend, man. Let's do it. Looking forward to it. Y'all enjoy too. We love you guys. Thanks for your support. If you're loving the show, guys, rating, review. Yeah, let us know. Still have not heard from our four-star reviewer, but I think about you often. We do. We talk about you a lot. We do. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Well, this is Emily. And this is Sarah. And this is Sisters Take a Side.